Oh, Did we get just go live? Just, live and can't. Are we live now? We're live. Yes. We're live. Okay, good. So we're we're uh, we're going out on Facebook. We're going out on YouTube, and also on my LinkedIn page. Any one of those things. Stay with us. We're going to be uh, re- recording our program for this Saturday the, for Las Vegas Real Estate Now. Where this Saturday you'll be able to tune in at one hundred one point five K Don. K Don. K Don. Because it's no longer on AM. They took it off AM. It's only on FM now. Wow. One hundred one point five. Is that like? A, is that a? Is that a step up? I, well, I think I FM. Like, I think I, FM has further. I mean, look, it, it physically does not have further reach, but FM has a lot more audience. I just think you know, growing up, you know, you never turn the AM station on. You always listen to FM. So Absolutely. that's what you thought was the only thing. So yeah, and FM is is a is a better quality sound. It's it's so you know what FM and AM stand for, right? FM is frequently modulated. AM is amplitude modulated. So we learned that in electronic engineering school when I went there. Anyway, but that's um, but. Frequency modulation, you can do a lot more with. And they can, uh, although the AM station had a huge reach. I know it was like the uh, it was like the emergency broadcast channel yeah, for the could, entire state of Nevada. You can hear it all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So it had a lot of reach. But 101, oh, 101.5 FM. So we're, that's where we are. 101.5 FM. So, <clears throat> but I changed my uh, verbiage in here also to mention it as, as 101.5 Kadon. Verbiage. I like that word. Verbiage. Yes. Okay. So today I've got Rick Senemy here. You're hearing Rick and I just banter back and forth a little bit. Rick's with Equity Title. He's going to be my guest today. We're going to, I, Rick, I've got a monthly market update to talk about. I've got the new proposed transfer tax to talk about. When are they voting? I, I don't know when they're voting on that one. It's uh, An article came out last week about that, the transfer tax. And then I found an article, a really interesting article. I know you're going to love this. It's the best week to list your home. Hmm. Um, and uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, because there is, again, we've, you, talk, you and I talk about this all the time, seasonality to our real estate. There is, guys. <laughs> the best week. Yeah, the best I, know, I didn't know it was that specific. I know, okay. yeah. Yes. They, yeah, next article will be the best day and then the best hour. Right. It'll come. It's coming. All right, so let's get started. Let's do our show here. <clears throat> We're going to do segment one here. <clears throat> Turn this off and get my clock ready. <clears throat> Okay, here we go. Segment one. Welcome to our show. This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now, where we bring you the three E's. Educate, empower, and engage. We want to help you to make your real estate decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld of the Blankfeld Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and we have over a century of collective real estate experience. I'm a licensed agent here in Nevada. My NRED number is S.00488897. On this program... We are dedicated to delivering timely, balanced truths about local market conditions. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Today on our program, we have one of our returning grand champions, that being Rick Senemy from Equity Title. Welcome back, Rick. Thank you for having me again, Harvey. Love to have you back. I know you're a little weary, a little tired. You've been busy the last uh, couple of weeks with uh, issues at home. Good, good yeah. issues. Issues at home. Good, good issues. Sleep issues. Sleep, Sleep issues, issues because you have a young one there. You have a new I, baby. We do. We have a uh, e one t- 
today since we're recording. So four four weeks today. Four weeks today. Okay, four terrific. Today. Well, yeah, well, little, well. little baby boy, Luca. Luca. Nice name. Thank I like you. that. Thank you. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, well done, sir. Thank well you. done. Um, today, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about real estate. I want to. I want to mention a couple of things. First of all, um, there was an article in the RJ um, this past week uh, talking about, and I'm, I'm going to read you the headline. Uh, Bill calls for raising real estate tax to pay for low-income housing. And it's written by Taylor Avery in the RJ. And what he's talking about is up in Carson City, you know, the legislature's meeting. Now, this is a dangerous time in the state when the legislature's meeting. Yes, it is. Every other year they do this. There's, um, a, lot, there's a lot of proposed bills up there right now. A lot of real estate stuff, always. There is. And I know Forrest, our, our broker, is very much involved and up there talking to people about, about what they're trying to do. We've, we've, made, the, uh, we've made the list. Have there's, you? There's a bill for title which is quite interesting because it ties title and real estate agents together. So does it really, it does. It does. Uh, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think that, look, it's such a, it's such an impactful thing in people's lives, buying and selling homes. I mean, it's one of those, it's, it's a seminal point in your lifetime when you buy or sell a home. Usually, you know, maybe you do it two or three times in your lifetime. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. So they want to make sure that we're all behaving, doing things right. That's right. And <clears throat> apparently the state wants to make sure they're getting their fair share. So or then some, what they're doing is they're not talking about raising the actual annual assessment tax. They're not talking about the, the property tax. What they're talking about is the transfer tax. So only when you sell your home, would this be an increase? And here's what they're talking about doing. They're talking about raising it. Uh, well, the impact of the raise would be simply this. Let me just tell you what the impact because the numbers are kind of foreign to people. So let me just tell you. If you have a home of $425,000 and you sell it, right now your tax, uh, the seller, and normally the seller pays this transfer tax, not always, it's negotiable, would be $2,167.50. The raise would change that to $2,337.50, $170 in that transfer. That's the difference. That's so what they're what proposing. What would the uh, new rate be? Um, instead of uh, 051, it was 0525, I think. Uh, okay. 0525. Yeah. Um, well, hang on. Let me double check that. The, the interesting thing on that, the calculation. 053. We always reference it as per thousand, but realistically, right. it's actually half of that per 500. That's what they That's what they say for 500. Yeah. yeah. That's what the law says per 500. Per 500. But it's easy for us to talk about in terms of thousands because that's how we calculate it. Right. So it, it would go from uh, uh, from 65 to 85 cents per Per 500. Okay, so, you know, we have to do the math on that. 40 cents increase. Yeah, so, right. But the money is going to be used for uh, what's known as, uh, what they're going to establish is the critical needs fund, which will be used to provide assistance for very low-income housing and supportive services. The money in that account will be dispersed by the state's five behavioral health boards, and a minimum of 25% of the funds will be allocated to that region's own housing authority. The money would help extremely low-income people for rent, or to stave off evictions, and people with serious mental illness or struggle with addiction could pay for rental services. They're trying to set it aside as that safety net for the people on the street. They, Interesting. They're trying to uh, remove homeless people from our state. They're trying to give them, uh, put, oh. put aside some money so we can house them. Okay. Basically, that's the plan. Now, <clears throat> a noble plan. I mean, who's going to say we don't want to see people have a roof over their head? Right. However. Where are they going? <laughs> well, that's the thing. you got to have a place to put them, but of course. Um, and, uh, multiple groups. In the article, he goes on to say multiple groups spoke against the bill, namely the Nevada Realtors, uh, who questioned whether the increasing property tax is the best route to address the issue. We'd like to see them tax something else, obviously. Right. <laughs> so I think that's it. The Chamber of Commerce and the Nevada Association of Council also opposed the bill. Um, so... And I know the governor is very much against raising any taxes, period. Right. He's, 
he's made that part of his campaign. So it'll be interesting to see if it ever comes to fruition. My feeling about it in general terms is, is that having gone through the crisis from uh, the pandemic and having seen all those people um, uh, get hurt, a lot of tenants got hurt. Right. A lot of landlords got hurt, too. Let's remember that. But a lot of tenants got hurt. And, and you know, certain people in society, their, their sustenance is fragile. You know, they they're on the edge. So having that safety net, I'm not necessarily against it. I, you know, I don't, no, I don't think I'm against. I think it's a like it's a noble gesture. It is. Um, it's noble. Yes. But it, at the same time, I think that there's bigger issues that come into play with it. Is is that one you're raising a tax that affects homeowners, <clears throat> right? So obviously, realtors yeah. are going to be against that, or it, yeah, real estate professionals in some degree, right? Right. But at the other the other thing is is I mean, I definitely don't want to see homeless people. But there's nowhere for them to go. That's the thing. What's the money really going to do? Right. Like yeah. now, the, we're not building these, you know, tiny home communities to right. house them. Like the, there's there's nowhere to go right. as, as far as you know. Now you're now you're dealing with. You bring up landlords. You're dealing with issues now. They, landlords can't discriminate. <clears throat> so now right. they're taking money from the fund, and you know it, it brings up a whole bunch of other things that didn't really play out in that yet, but they will. Yeah, and I think, look, you know, um, the legislature makes mistakes. <laughs> they pass laws we don't always like. Uh, and they made some last time. Like, for instance, when they talked about uh, limiting the amount of money a landlord could uh, penalize a tenant for paying late, right. that ended up backfiring big way because instead of, instead of adding penalties because now the landlord was capped on that, they just evicted the people. Right. And so well, they raised their rent. And they raised they the ra- rent. They raised their rent. And look to what happened. For that. Rents went up dramatically. Right. So it, it kind of backfires sometimes. And I'm fearful that this, see, now this, it's, it's not as impact. This is not nearly as impactful, I don't think. I mean, I'm, look, I don't ever want to pay more money for anything, obviously. Right. But, but does. if I'm going to pay another $170 in a $400,000 transaction, I'm not as concerned about. It's probably not going to be a deal breaker. Probably not a deal breaker. Right. Indeed. And, and if it changes our calculations on how we do the math on a transaction, okay, we can fix that. Right. But, but ultimately, you're right. Does it get applied properly? That's the concern. I, does the government use it the way they're saying they're going to use it? Or do they do something else? Or do, I, I they, still, uh, do they I still want to audit that dispensary money? I don't know. Where, I right? Want, I want to know where that went. But There, there you go. I'll yeah, see. because they said, what they said with that was that it was all going to education. It's all education. going to education. Hey, and it did. But then they took the other money away from education. So education didn't get any more money. Right. They just got all their money from that. And then they took away the general fund money they were providing. So now education. And we had this discussion with somebody else who was talking with me. It was one of my partners. We were talking about it. And and I pointed out to her that we're like we're like in the bottom 10 in funding per student. Oh, it's it, we're, we're awful. It's we're terrible. Good. She thought we were in the top five. I'm like, no, we're, we're like way at the bottom in terms of our funding per student. And we're the fifth largest school district in the nation, which is. It has yeah. its issues. So I, I, well. I question the government side of it of, you know, is it going to be used right? Right. And where are they going? I mean, right. until we start seeing permits of building these communities to house these individuals and and these people. And it's tough because, you know, what do you do? You can't. You, they're not yeah. going to be permanent homes for people. No. It's not going to say that you live there forever. Right. You know, so. No. It, it definitely is going to be a challenge. And I don't want. I, I, look, I, and there should be incentive not to want to live there. Honestly, right. right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. You don't want to live there, but but I don't want you on the street either. Right. So can we create a situation where there's a place where they can go that they're 
they've got a roof over the head and, they, and maybe they get three squares and, and, and that's about it. That's all they get where they would, if they want more than that, they got to go out, get a job and, 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 and earn a living. You got to give them the help to get on their feet. Right. And continue create the to, safety to, net. Exactly. Create the safety sure. net. I'm, 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 I'm kind of for that. Um, okay. So the, look, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. Again, the government's asking for more money for something. Our government, the state government in Nevada is flush right now they're sitting pretty uh, cash wise the nevada's in great shape that's what i keep hearing um you know what but let's talk more about that after the break we'll run a couple quick commercials we'll come back i got a lot more to talk to you guys about today uh with rick sanity from equity title so stay tuned we'll be back in just a minute yeah the state's like loaded right now yeah it's and it's interesting because they keep getting like on the education side, the funding they get, the government funding. So they get the, the U.S. government funding, and then yeah. they're they're applying it. So they have to actually use that for students. So right, right. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> but they could augment it. You know, they could throw a little more money at education. I would love for them to do that for not only yes. for... You know, that's, our, that's our biggest weakness here in Nevada. Honestly, it's our education. If we're, you know, prim- the primary education system here is, is our weakness. And if we strengthen that, we become unbeatable. Well, one one of the problems, this is not on the education system or anything, we, from being in the classroom in the past, mm-hmm. um, the biggest issue is how transit transitory it is. Yeah. So yeah. you give you an example, like day one, first day of school, you might have 40 kids in the classroom. The last day of school, of those 40, there might be eight oh my. that are still... There, the other thirty-two have moved other schools. Oh yeah, they move around so, so much. It's yeah. not. It's not as much the education <clears throat> part. It's the fact that, yeah, the, just our community in the way that it is. Okay, very transitory. Yep. All right, we're coming back. Segment two. Here we go. <clears throat> Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld, and you're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at eleven a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at seven zero two. 203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio with Rick Sanemi here from Equity Title. And Rick, before the break, we were talking about this new proposed tax that the legislature's considering right now. And it's the transfer tax. It's the it's the cost of transferring home ownership from one person to another. Um, and they're talking about raising it incrementally, not a lot, but, but enough to create a fund to support the the people who are out on the street, the homeless, essentially, and right. the and the low, very very low income people, so they don't get evicted. Um, and it's 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 a, it's that safety net at the bottom. It's it's to prevent people from having to live on the streets. And so, again, a noble cause. Will they apply it correctly? Should they get it? That's a good question. I don't think the governor's going to sign it. I don't think it's going to ever happen, honestly. Even if the legislature passes it, I think the governor's got to sign off, and I just don't see that happening. Well, and it could be one of those bills that maybe he. He does sign for a compromise on something else because right. it's not as impactful um, as far as the, the dollar amount per transaction. Right. But we'll see what else gets gets sent to his desk. That's the thing. Yeah, we so. just don't know. Um, the, the, so the other thing I wanted to talk about today was there was this article <clears throat> that came out last week also. And you and I have talked about the seasonality of real estate here in <laughs> Las Vegas. We've talked about this before. And there is a seasonality. Although during the pandemic, there was no season. There's no, now, actually. It was just buying season. There, there was a seasonality during the pandemic. Now that we're seeing the graph come out a little bit, mm-hmm. it did mimic the traditional seasonality. It just was at a completely different time. Right. Okay. So, it, yeah. But the I call it the heartbeat. is It looks just like a. 
the sine wave. Yeah, yep. it looks just like the the yep. same every year for the last ten years, and that's the way it is. And and I, and we're getting back to that without a doubt because you and I are both seeing increased 100%, activity. Yeah, um, and we've both been busy, and we, we're looking like a really strong spring. So the article uh, was written uh, back on March 29th by Veronica. I'm going to mess this up. Bondarenko from thestreet.com, and the uh, headline is the single best week. To list your home for sale is quickly approaching. So, so what they did was they, I guess they did some kind of an analysis. Uh, they did it with one bank rate, um, and they set, decided what's the best week to list your home. And um, and, and then, and I'll, let me read from the article here for you. It says spring has for years been one of the best seasons for selling. One bank rate estimate found that those who list the same home can earn two hundred eight thousand two hundred seventy three dollars in May, and just one hundred eighty seven thousand in January. That seems kind of uh, – that's a lot. I'd love to know where this came from. <laughs> yeah. but. Well, anyway. But this year, April is looking increasingly like the best time to sell based on several factors. After crunching the numbers, Realtor.com pins the week of April 16th to the 22nd as the best time to list nationally. That makes sense. Right after the Masters. Yeah. You know. Tax season. Tax season. Oh, okay. Bingo. There's where it is. And that's the truth. I mean, we've seen this year after year. People get their tax returns. And they've got a little extra money. they got that money for that down payment. That's the time to go out and buy a house. Hey, guys, keep that in mind for those of you who are thinking about spending that money, you know, on roulette. Maybe instead put it as a down payment on a house and put yourself in a situation where you're not seeing increased rent every year. Right. How about that for an idea? Um, And uh, so uh, here's why so many homes, uh, home will be, uh, so many people will be home searching in April. That's largely because families want to move when school is out. Uh, this is from a Tucson real estate agent, Sam Saltzwedel. Um Interest rates aren't significantly going down yet, uh, he's, he goes on to say, although we see, we see we're otherwise. Seeing, we're seeing a little change. We're seeing some, some uh, positive news with regard to interest rates, and we'll talk about that perhaps with John when he comes back on the program. Um, when broken down city by city, the idea we can differ. In downtown Los Angeles and Chicago, the best time actually is the end of March, and those who live in the suburbs of Seattle should consider listing the week of April 2nd to the 9th. I think weather apparently weather has pays a factor. Weather, weather pays has a factor. to be weather plays a factor in their calculations. Well, the weather is uh, <clears throat> turning now. Here it was. It's been a little. Usually it's in February, and now yeah. you start seeing a little bit warmer February. It's, it was. I don't know if on record if it was a colder February I, or March, but I, I think would, this is I one of the coldest years I remember. I would bet it was because I was now seeing it. This is we're recording this on Wednesday. I was I was up in North Las Vegas uh, yesterday. No, on Monday. It was snowing up there. Right. I mean, and then tomorrow, Thursday, it's going to be 80. <laughs> so so there, I, I think, uh, you know what? Um, yesterday was spring. Okay. And we're going from <laughs> winter. We're race. a couple of weeks off. Uh, spring was on Tuesday. Uh, winter was Monday. Uh, Thursday summer, summer starts. Okay. okay, so there's there's your there's your season for the weather, guys. Okay, we just gave you the weather report for the year. Um, but he goes on to say this in the article. He goes, we expect 2023 housing market to behave similarly to the past several years and the pre-pandemic years with seasonality. Okay, and and they're they're agreeing with you, Rick. They think there was seasonality to the pandemic, although it was it was different. It, it was just, yeah, it just shifted a little bit. It did. It shifted a bit. Um, and so when we talk about seasonality, the reason I want to bring that, and I thought this article was interesting. I think it's cute that they thought it was important to let people know what week they should list their houses, as if they That's, could choose that necessarily. Most people can't choose the week. They're they're selling a house for a reason other than yeah, timing it just I, right. They wake up and hey, on April second, we're going to list our house. I, yeah, 
tough to believe but yeah. but ultimately you know the market market does play a role in when you should list perhaps to a certain extent but usually oh, it's for pers- sure it's, i think but it's personal circumstances that really over, are the overriding factor I think, I think the personal circumstances get you started yeah, right? yeah. Personal, then you can make the the financial decision to say okay I know I have to sell. We, we've decided that. Yeah. But financially, when do I have to sell? And when is it best for me to sell? Yeah. So I think those are the smart steps to take in that. But to pick a week, yeah. I think it's a little bit... That's, uh, that's, that's a little, yeah. It's a little, yeah. How do you want to say it? It's a little obtuse. You know, obtuse. I don't know. Yeah. How about that? I like that. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm learning well, stuff. Last time I heard that word was from the Shawshank Redemption. So. <laughs> See, I remember that from trigonometry. Okay. You know, okay. But... That's that's another story altogether. Um, okay, so uh, the best week list. So here's what we're seeing right now, though, guys. And, and I'm going to do the monthly market update the next segment. So you're going to you're going to hear me talk about this a little bit more detail in the next segment because we are going to do that charts on the radio next next um, in the next uh, love charts on the radio charts on the radio coming up. But in the meantime, I just want to talk about the seasonality. What generally speaking, what happens here in Las Vegas is is I always say the the market warms as the weather does, and normally that's around Valentine's Day. Right. Normally. This year, it's coming a little late, although the, we have seen some decent activity. It's picked up a little bit, but not as much as I might have seen in years past. But I suspect it's, we're going to see that happen over the next several months. And we've seen the inventory continue to shrink a little bit. Yeah, that's a, uh, let's throw it on the concern side, the inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we start seeing, if they all listen to read that article and they start listing the week of April 16th, <laughs> then we shouldn't have an issue with inventory. Yeah, but those of that's, you- that's the one factor. And like you said, next time we talk about the market stats, yeah. you're going to see some things that are kind of turning back the other way right now and that's the truth i mean you know there were people out there waiting for this market to crash and there were there were people supposing that it would and it's not guys it's already happened yeah yeah we've already seen the bottom the crash yeah that that happened back in october now we're done with that it's over and we're already seeing the market come back now there are other factors of course could you know our crystal balls no better than anybody else's but I can tell you this is that basically based on the trends that we've seen right now and what we've seen in years past, I think it's going to get even tighter as we go forward. I think that the market's going to get tighter and prices are going to start to creep up. Yep. That's what's I going agree. to start to happening. Um, and so we we may well have seen the bottom. I don't know for sure, but but that but when I do the monthly market update, we'll talk more about that. Um, but I want to talk about you losing some sleep. This is what I want to talk <laughs> about, Rick, is that I know that it's been tough on you. You, know, you said the young ones Four weeks old today? Four weeks old today, yeah. Wow. And uh, so dad's getting maybe three, four hours of sleep a night? No, dad's doing well with the sleep, um, <laughs> okay. but not as much as he used to get. So <laughs> I, I sleep roughly, well, this is a loaded quote. If you ask my wife, it's a different answer. But Of course. I sleep from 12 to 5. Okay. I'll say that. And I get up in the middle of the night and once in a while to, to go warm up the bottle. Right. Um, we pre-plan with the you know the whole pumping, put in a bottle, get in sure. the refrigerator this way. Sure. But uh, there's a feeding around two to three that I vaguely remember every night. And my job <laughs> is to warm up that bottle. Okay. So I do that. Okay. And then just depending on what time he starts waking up in the morning, uh, I've adjusted my sleep so that I can could handle the 5 a.m. feeding, then get up and go to the gym. Nice. So it, it definitely, uh, <clears throat> there's been a lack of sleep and it's not... Uh, yeah. It's not a good thing. No, I mean, it's hard. It's really sleep. messing with my my you know work. It's messing with my mental yeah. stability. I mean, it's tough. You hear, I mean, you you hear all about sleep these days. I mean, t- people talk about it in terms of your health. They didn't used to talk about no, how much sleep no. sleep you got. And now that now the amount of sleep you get is is really important to your health. It I, really is. I, I keep looking at that couch. I'm going to go lay down. See if I can <laughs> yeah. see if I can do this laying down. But there you go. Yeah. 
Why not? That's just you know you can talk in a mic. We'll bring a microphone over there for you. Get a little, get you a little hot cocoa. You can just you can just nod off right <laughs> a there. Warm milk. There you go. Hey guys, look, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and when we come back, we're going to have charts on the radio. We're going to do the monthly market update. So if you're driving around, pull over and get ready to see our charts. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. Okay. Ready. Like this? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, we'll go right into segment three. <clears throat> Make sure I got these in the right over here. Yep. 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 Okay. Good. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Segment three. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me now in studio of Rick Sanemi here from Equity Title. Guys, it's time for the monthly market update. And we're looking at uh, the monthly market update for April 2023. The data we're using is actually March data, as we do every every month. And it's also just single-family homes because that's predominantly the area I work in. Not that I don't do condominiums. I do. But this is the area we predominantly work in. And so let's talk about what we've got going on right now. Currently available, single-family homes, we have 4,428. That's down over 400 from last month. Uh, uh, currently under contract, 2,659. That's virtually the same as last month. About, uh, it's, uh, just a few off of last month. Sold in the last 30 days, 2,187. That's up about 200 from last month. Wow. And months of inventory, currently we're at 2.02. And the average days on market is 31. Now, a year ago, last year, the same month, in April 2022, we only had 2,220 homes available. We had 3,000. 695 under contract and 3,138 had sold in the previous 30 days for it. And the months of inventory was less than three quarters of a month, less than three weeks of inventory last year at this time. Um, dramatic difference, dramatic difference. But this is, this is the point when it started the change. So it's, I'm going right. to be interested to see what happens in May and June. They're going to be interesting months to see how we are this year versus last year. That's when I'm, you're going to see some significant differences. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to those months so I can compare that, apples to apples. Indeed. This first chart I have is our stack chart. This shows you the number of homes actually sold in any given month, and this goes back 20 years. And uh, you can see that this year we're way behind last year, although we're starting to pick up a little bit of momentum. Um, uh, and, 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 again, those of you who, who want to see these charts, you just have to go to our website, LB Real Estate Radio, and you can actually see the charts. You don't have to pr- imagine them as I'm describing them to you. Um, the next one is a line graph that shows that the months of inventory has dropped significantly just in the last few months. It went from a high of about six, actually seven months worth of inventory, down to three. Wow. And I'm saying we're at two right now. And it's come down even more since this chart was created. Um, their median price has leveled off, guys. The last four months, consistently 425. One month it was 424,950. But the other three months, 425 flat. It's been 425 for four months straight. So Sounds like a trend. Do you think? Yeah. How about that? And uh, I think if the inventory continues to shrink, we may see that number go up. It could happen, guys. Um, the next is a, a, a graph that shows the supply versus the demand. And uh, basically, it just shows that the supply has diminished dramatically since um, the third quarter of last year. It's 
tremendous, uh, you know, it's a very steep slope. And demand is starting, just starting to increase and get back to a normal level, hopefully. Now, the last one is the one that I make. This is the one that I created a little while ago, which shows three things. The number of homes sold, the available homes, and then the median sales price. And the median sales price is flat, guys. It's, it's a straight line across the board. Um, the, but the interesting thing is the available homes has come down significantly from a high back in October of 8,434 down to like this four, less than 4,000, right? Or just right around 4,000 right now. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that. And then the activity also, we've had, this is the biggest number we've had since July of last year. Uh, 2,187. Wow. July last year was 2,376. Since then, everything's been under 2,000 a month uh, in terms of closed volume. So with that being said, Rick, we kind of hinted at this before the break. Right. But I just think that we're going to see if it, if this trend continues, we're probably going to see prices start to go up a little bit. I think so. And just to piggyback on what you just said there, I know that was just single-family residents, but take the entire market into perspective. This was March was the first month since July of last year that over 3,000 units were sold. Yeah. Total condos, townhouses, everything. Yeah. Over 3,000. And 3,000 is a good, healthy number for our market. It is. And this was the first time in over 12 months or roughly. Since July. Since July, July. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, we're starting to see things, you know, normalize again, whatever that means. Right. You know, know, for for the sake of saying... We're getting back into that sign rhythm type, type market where we're going to see oh. things get hot for a little while and the, now. And the shock and awe is over. It is. Right? Like yeah. the, the, the Fed has raised their rates a bunch of times over the last year. Mm-hmm. And now, if you look at the trend of interest rates right now, and I always revert back to that, is yeah. we've been in this band that's been pretty consistent in that band. It's gone up to push the upper limits of it. Now it's pushing the lower limits of it. Yep. But if we stay there, we're going to see the seasonality. We're going to see... Probably less homes sold than what we've seen in the past, but we're still right. going to see a very healthy real estate market. Yeah, I, I was uh, in Palm Springs two weeks ago, uh, heard a, a national economist speak, and, and, and I mentioned this before, but I might as well say it again. With his, he's projecting that he thinks the Fed might raise rates one more time, maybe. Might raise them one more time, a quarter point. But then after that, he thinks they're going to start dropping them incrementally by tenths of a point. And just start, we'll start to see a, a slow trickle down from the Fed. All of those things signal good th- news for mortgage lenders. Right. All those things are for good sure. news for mortgage lenders because mortgage lenders like to see long-term stability. That's what they want. And they want to know that the interest rates aren't going to be too high going forward. And once they realize that, they know they can lower their rates a little bit and afford and be able to afford to lower, yeah, lend money at a lower rate. That'll definitely help propel buyers, yeah. sellers yep. getting back on the market. I mean, we, we know what the... The challenges with sellers right now is the fact that they all refinanced their homes a couple of years ago, and they're sitting on low interest rates, and they're looking at a, a, a lateral move with a five hundred dollar more payment. Yeah. So it doesn't sometimes it doesn't make sense, right? But right. They're not always looking at the. They're just looking at one piece of the pie and not the whole thing of what what they need. So yeah, I mean, indeed, you know, if you're thinking, of, I mean, I, I, and I understand that I'm in the situa- same situation. If I was, I, and right now, you know, Helene would never even let me consider moving. This is not going to happen. <laughs> you know, we love our house. We do love our house, but but I would love to downsize. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I'd like to see us have a little less to take care of, which is which you know to me makes a lot of sense. But I can't afford to do it because yeah. you know my mortgage is so so attractive right now. Right. There's just no way I could do it. So I understand that that pheno- you know the phenomenon. I understand that that there's a huge segment of our market that just you know they can't afford to sell. Right. But there's some people, even people in that basket of people who have those low interest rates, there's some who have to sell. 
They don't have a choice because they're either moving or something's happened. They need exactly. more space. Whatever it is, the same reason that most people, those reasons are still there, and they're not going to stop. Those reasons never go away. They never go away. So they, that, that's that's what keeps our, our market going. Plus, if you look at just the economic news out there about Las Vegas right now, there's so many things happening. Oh, my like goodness, it. yeah. And, and I think that's kind of been overshadowed by everything going on in the world as well as with you know the Fed doing stuff. But if you just look at Las Vegas, the amount of – jobs that are coming available here yeah is bringing more people here again we've, we've been saying this for 30 years but yeah. had a couple lulls in there oh yeah you know through through bad times but now it's it's back to you know things are opening again they're things building mega resorts again, again. that's yeah. right so yeah yeah that's we're all good news for us and indeed it, it's going to push on that median home price i mean yeah. i i personally thought the median home price was going to go down a little bit more than it did yeah i thought 400 was probably going to be the number right but it's it's at four twenty five. It's been there for three four months now. Yep, it's flattened it, out, guys. It could very well be the bottom of the bowl. We may have seen it. We may have seen it. So those. I mean, listen. And here's the thing. I would say to anybody out there who's thinking about buying, look. If you find, if, and I said I've said this for months now, guys, and I'm not going to change my perspective on this. It's very simple. If you find the home you love and you can afford it, buy it. That's it. That's it's just that's what. It, look at the payments. Look at the down payment. Look at those two figures. And if you can afford to buy a home, do it. Because ultimately they're going to go up in time. They always do. Well, and yeah, so over time, if you look over time, they've gone up. They, take and, and they still will. And I think if you, it's all static. I got. We won't have to bring this next time. But it was a. It was a period of time. I want to say it was five years. Mm-hmm. And it was almost. It was like ninety percent of any five year period that you see, the homes didn't go down. They could have been flat in that five year period. Right. But ninety percent of the time they went up. And then if you expand that out to like ten years, forget it. The number went up like almost always, always to like ninety eight percent of that yep. ten year period. A couple of blips in there, you know. Yeah. When we had our had the housing crash, uh, that that's screwed but, up everything. But that's the only exception to that rule. Right. Right. That so, would that would be the only exception. Real estate is the. Uh, this is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, look, if for, for personal financial growth, it's the best vehicle, without question. Right. Because you got to live somewhere. I mean, you don't have to buy stocks. You don't have to. You should. No. I mean, you should be diverse. But you have to live somewhere. You might as well own it. Pay your pay Basically, pay rent to yourself instead of paying it to somebody else. Um, exactly. Okay, guys. So, listen, we're coming up on our, our uh, final set of commercials. We're going to run them. We're going to come back. we got so many more things to talk about. So, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. I don't know what we're talking about. What else we got to talk about? <laughs> I'm running out of stuff here. It's a new quarter. I can do. I can do property checkups if you want. Okay, I can just jump on that. Yeah, let's do is it property profiles and or, profile lead summaries. Let's recording do that. site. Okay. There's actually, I got a couple of fraud stories going on. I might have talked about this before, but uh, vacant land, free, oh, no. free and clear vacant land, big target right now. Okay, so let's talk about big that. Target. Let's talk about yeah. that. Let's do that. That's good. And then I'll, yeah, any free and clear properties right now. And there's really, let's, yeah. Let's do that. That's good. That's what we need to talk about. Yeah, because we haven't talked about that in a while, actually. It's been a yeah. while. Let's do that. I can tie wire fraud in there, too, if you <clears throat> Let's do it. Yeah. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702 702- Two zero three one one six five. With me now in studio, with Rick Senemi here from Equity Title, and uh, uh, Rick, you know, uh, we, we've been talking about the market. We've been talking about things we talk about every single month. One of the things we haven't talked about in a while is some of the fraud that's happening out there. You know, real estate transactions become such a 
a high-profile target for fraud because there's such such big monies. You're exactly talking about a big piece reason. of coin. Yep. So you said you you, you recently you've had a, a issue or, or seen an issue with land, right? Yeah. So right now, um, in our market, there's there's a lot of pockets around town that haven't been developed. They could be you know generational pieces of land that just was yeah. passed down. The bottom line is the criteria is basically that it's a it's a vacant land free and clear of any liens, judgments, mortgages, or anything like that. So very easy for a seller to sell that land. Sure. They show up, ID, notary, sign the deed, get their money. Like right. It's, it's that easy. Sure. Um, and it's also that easy to be duplicated from a bad guy's perspective. Gotcha. And, and go after that. And we've had a couple that we've caught. And there's we have checks in our files that... Right. You know, we we ask for certain things. We do checks on them to make sure they're valid. Right. Um, but sometimes they get further along than you want them to get. And there's somebody doesn't ask the right question. And, right. you know, we tell a lot of our employees to go with their gut. Like, if it doesn't feel right, it ain't right. Okay. So what, what's happening is, is that the bad guys are targeting vacant land and they are acting like they're the owners. So they're and selling the land. They're going under Pretending contract. they're the, the seller and... They're going under contract. They're they're they more than likely what we've seen is some identity theft. Yeah. So, so yeah. they've they've reached the really, really good ones, there's two approaches to this. So not that I'm a, a bad guy, but right. the first approach is the the less sophisticated one. Okay. Right? I went out and I steal people's identity. Okay. And I happen to steal someone's identity that owns free and clear property. Gotcha. Right? So when I did that, then I went down the road as I acted as them. I had an ID made. I had everything mm-hmm. duplicated with my picture, signature on it. Therefore, I listed the property, sold it. Cashed out. Cashed out. Had the money wired to an account. Wow. So that's the less sophisticated one because right. I was stealing ID identity, not really doing the real estate one. Gotcha. The other one that it seems like we're seeing is the opposite, they're researching people with vacant land okay. who have free and clear properties, and then they're targeting to steal, quote, their identity because right. they already know. And it doesn't matter which route they go. The bottom line is is that there's some checks in there that in a regular home that you would sell right. don't happen. So if there's a mortgage on the property, we have to order a payoff. Sure. Right, and most of the time, when you order a payoff, the owner's notified that a payoff was ordered and generated. Indeed. Especially in the day and age with computers, right. email. You, you, if you order any type of payoff now, you probably get an email saying, "Hey, uh, payoff was generated on your right. account." Right. right. Doesn't give me any numbers, but it's a trigger. But that's why they're targeting land because it's less likely that there is any. They don't mortgage. live there. Right. So they're not getting mail there. Right. And there's no mortgage. There's usually. no mortgage to pay off. Right. So right. they don't have to provide anything except wow. their name and an identification. Yeah. So that we're seeing that okay. um, pick up in the different pockets around around the city. Uh, you you know where the land is, so people right. You know, and, and the, the it's easy to research land, guys. You can go in the tax records and see who owns it. It's really not that hard. It's really easy to do. Yeah. And you know, if you have the right uh, the right contacts and everything, you can even go deeper in, into that and find. Wow. What liens, judgments, and everything is on the property. So that's one of the ones that we're seeing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, identity theft in general is is kind of been, I don't want to say it's been tamed, but it's still out there. We'll occasionally we'll sure we'll see that. It's normally what we've seen on our end is it's uh, some sort of relation stealing their identity for the purpose of good. 
Oh. Right? Like, I'm acting as my son to sell the property because oh. something happened to him. Maybe, I got you. Okay. You know, right. whatever the case is. So we see that a little bit. We also are seeing um, wire fraud is is running rampant. It's not really on the wire fraud as far as them. We, we have the traditional wire fraud where they're interjecting themselves into the transaction right. and having the, the clients wire the money to the bad guys. Right. Um, we did have a, a wire fraud case that uh, we caught it. Um, oh, good! Very quickly, mm-hmm. we were able to recover the money. Nice. Um, we had to we had to front it for a little bit, but we were able to get it back. Okay. Um, it's a very exciting day when we get the money back. I'll bet. And uh, but what had happened in that situation was again they just changed one letter in the email address. And that's something. And, it, and if you look at it really quick, you would never no, know. See it. Yep. So, email, guys, let me uh, interrupt Rick a second. Here's, here's what you really got to watch out for. This is the takeaway that Rick's presenting to you guys. When you're in the midst of a real estate transaction and you get an email uh, talking about wire, you need to be very scrutinous of that email because it's going to look just like everything else because they know. They're just copying the artwork. They're copying the signatures. They're copying everything, just, and they're changing just one little thing, and then all of a sudden your money just went to some guy in some other country, and you're, you, you, you're out your money, and it's – Devastating. If you do not have to log in, yeah. and I don't mean a, a, a document with a password. That's not no, logging no, no. in. Yeah, yeah. If you do not have to log in to a secure site yeah. to get the information from it, you do not trust it. It's, I don't care if it is legitimate or not. You do not trust <clears> it. And even when you do log into a secure site and get the information, you always call to verify Make the it. phone call. Call the number you know, not the number in the email. Yeah. Well, here's a funny one. So okay. I The one wire in... Um, fraud that i talked about well, that was us wiring out okay and we caught it and okay. we were able to get it back good the other one was email spoofing just what you had talked about right but they didn't even change the email they didn't change the footer they wow. didn't change they didn't change the notification in there saying the call and they didn't change the phone number <gasps> the client opened the attachment and sent in their money directly Did- from that didn't even follow the directions oh. of us didn't even follow the directions of the bad guy wow and if they would have, it would have been caught. Yeah. Somehow, this is the only case that I've seen where he was able to get his money back. Wow. He got his money back faster than nice. we got ours back from sending out. And, I was, and we acted immediately. Yeah. Um, so the good news is this on the wire fraud front is that they're a lot more aware of it. Okay. The, the, the government is. The, yeah. the authorities are. Right. There's mechanisms to, to get things done and to, to request and okay. put people on alert. Um, it's, it's always you don't know if you're going to get it or not. But it just you got to be, do, be diligent in any real estate transaction with money. And, and two, things I want, uh, two more things I want you guys to take away from this as, li- as you're listening to this. One is, is that when the escrow company is asking you to fill out all that paperwork to verify your ID, know this is why. This is 100%. why they're doing it, to protect your money. They're doing it to protect you. So know that, uh, number one. And, and look, and, and the other thing is, is that you want to make sure, you want to make sure you're using an escrow company that has these values. First of all, you know, Rick's, Rick's company doing, the, doing these things, going above and beyond a little bit to make sure that things are protected. Make sure you understand the nature of that and make sure, okay, look, make that phone call, guys. Call the escrow officer, call your agent, call your, call somebody you know and ask them to help you verify whatever it is you're getting in an email because honestly, if it's coming in a straight out email, it's probably not real. Right. It's if it's just, wire instruction coming in an email that you don't have to log into, yeah. it is not 
yeah. the way that you should be receiving them. You do not trust them. Yep, indeed. And and then this is you know this is the thing. This is one of the reason we do the show. Honestly, this is about part of that education. Yeah. We want to make sure that our listeners have a clear understanding of how they might be able to get themselves in trouble. And we're going to try to get you to prevent that. And and I know we have prevented some people because they've called me and told me, hey, thanks yeah. for that update. And I've heard that. And by the way, speaking of calling, don't hesitate, guys. Give us a call. Uh, if you want to talk with Rick about perhaps uh, using his company for your next escrow, uh, just text his name. Text Rick to 702-203-1165. I'll put you in touch with Rick, and he'll help you out. He'll get you hooked up with a good escrow officer, and you'll get, you'll get your work done. Um, we like Wendy. Wendy does terrific work for us. Uh, Wendy Shaw over there at the, the Twain office. Um, and what's that? Carly, Carly Crow. And Carly Crow. Yep, they do a nice. They do really good work for us. So uh, uh, if you need that kind of help, by all means, just just text Rick to seven zero two two zero three one one six five, and I'll put you in touch with him. What a fun real estate hour we've had today! I want to thank Mark, our production director, and Carly once again. Great job. Also want to thank our outstanding expert contributor today, that being Rick Sanami from Equity Title. You've been listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld. Next week, we'll have another wonderful hour for you. We're going to have Ben Grove here. He's a home inspector. And also John Ingram. He's a lender, a mortgage lender. Um, If you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, just call me off air or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, that being LV Real Estate Radio. And then like and follow us on social media, our handle being at LV Real Estate Radio. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us this week. Remember, while we seek to educate, empower, and engage with you, we want you to learn, understand, and then act. And we'll meet you on the radio next Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on 101.5 KDON.